This is the Fantasy Fast Track with Brandon Funston and Brad Evans. Ready, set, go! This is a Fantasy Fast Track podcast. I'm Brad the Big Noise Evans, joined by Senior Fun Buns, Brandon Funston, and let's talk rookie quarterbacks, Mr. Fun Buns, because we had a couple of impressive performances in their preseason debuts. Uh, let's do a little chatter here. Rank them or re-rank them for me based on how you feel they are going to perform this season for their respective clubs, of course, from a fantasy football perspective. All these guys uh, right now are going late in drafts. Uh, I believe the highest of the bunch is indeed one Justin Fields at quarterback 21, 177.6. Trey Lance also on this list at quarterback 26, 190.0. And Mac Jones at quarterback 34, 239.2. I'm not going to lump in Trevor Lawrence here. Uh, because, you know, other than what Urban Meyer is saying, he's got to earn the job. Uh, and Urban, I think you need to fix your offensive line. Um, yeah. He is pretty safe here, and there's, you know, not a whole lot of fog that needs to be cleared on determining where he is going to be week one for this Jacksonville Jaguars club. But these other guys, maybe a little bit of a different story. So Fields, Lance, Mack, uh, in terms of their impacts from a fantasy perspective this season, how would you rank those three? Uh, well, first I'll say, you know, Trevor Lawrence was a big soft serve vanilla ice cream in his first uh, go round. Like what they didn't fault? have him. No, they didn't have him do anything. He threw some bubble screens, a little visca, and some quick outs, and like they didn't let him just sit back and take a deep shot at all. And I see why because the offensive line was terrible. Even when getting the, rid of the ball quickly, he was had people in his face and stuff. So his kind of like you, you know. We'll hold off on the Trevor Lawrence talk, but the guy that impressed me the most was Justin Fields. Uh, getting out of the pocket, kind of showing, you know, that he's been people have dropped the Russell Wilson comparison as a guy who watched Russell Wilson an awful lot. I can see what they're talking about when you get outside the pocket and you're able to make all the throws from outside the pocket like he can. Uh, his running ability, you know, in his in the in his first effort, he, his first rush, I think, uh, he resulted in a fumble. And Russell Wilson would have went down, uh, and Justin Fields tried to make the extra yards, got loose with the ball, and lost that. He'll he'll clean that up. He had a, a pass early on that should have been intercepted as well. But as the game went on, and they gave him a lot of run, he had 20 attempts. As the game went on, he just looked better and better and better. And uh, I'm ranking him one. I'm ranking uh, Trey Lance two, and I'm ranking Mac Jones three because I think Trey Lance and Mac Jones – they they're kind of it's debatable who will get the starting job first. But I think Justin Fields legitimately could be like the first month of the season being the starter. I'm not sure I can say that for Jones or for Trey Lance. I, I, look, this may sound like a sizzling hot take, but I think Mac Jones starts before Trey Lance does. You know, yeah. And, you know, the sample size could be bigger for Mac Jones overall. Look, uh, you're 100 percent right on Justin Fields. I mean, I was I went from six to midnight, like, you know, in the snap of, of a <laughs> high noon on your sundial. Are you oh, saying? oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was uh, it was arousing, to say the least, you know, and you, you nailed it. What really impressed me more than anything, you know, it wasn't his scrambling ability necessarily, you know, getting flush out of the pocket. We knew we possessed that because uh, he's a physical runner. Um, you know, in those situations, those opportunistic situations, it wasn't the howitzer downfield to a wide open receiver that went for six in a blown cover situation. It was his ability to throw on the run and throwing mm-hmm. darts, you know, right in the yeah. hands of the receiver, right in the numbers of the receiver, perfect footwork, 
uh, very clean, pristine, and confident, man. And and that's what makes Justin Fields so special. So uh, I think Justin Fields is going to be at the controls no later than week four against the Detroit Lions. We'll see about Lance, man. Because uh, you and I talked about the Sirius XM Fantasy radio show that, you know, there is a possibility that maybe this Niners team goes like 9-3, and 8-4 and four over the first 12 games of the regular season. And do you think that Kyle Shanahan's going to come out and put the kibosh down on Jimmy Garoppolo if they're playing that yeah. good of football that well? No, I don't think so. Yeah, the, it, Lance will have to be doing some amazing things behind the scenes in practice for them to, you know, for me to feel like they would be confident to make that move at that point. But I, I will say, I mean, I – caught a little bit of Mahomes vibe from him. I can see what people are talking about. He has this air of confidence. He has this look about him where he can make just kind of like these spectacular plays. The throw that he made for the touchdown was a great throw going, scrambling the opposite direction, throwing across the field over a defender, you know, on the opposite sideline for a touchdown. That was a great throw. And he had like three drops from his receivers um, but there was some bad. I mean, he held on to the ball too long a few times, took like four sacks, had a fumble. Um, so there's stuff that he has to clean up. But you can see the raw material there is pretty outstanding. Yeah, and just to speak on Mac Jones for a quick second here, um, look, I know a lot of people are making a big deal about the 4.7 YPA that he posted, but you need to pump the brakes. This mm-hmm. offense, uh, that's what it, it's been. It was during the you know the senior years of Tom Brady with this franchise. You know, McDaniels was dinking and dunking all over the place. All I wanted to see from Mac Jones was the accuracy. Did it translate from Alabama? Remember, he was number one adjusted completion percentage among all FBS passers last season, and it most certainly did on short, intermediate, and the one deep throw that he had, which Olwazuski should have caught for a touchdown. I think kid. most NFL starters on a good wide receiving core, uh, there's there's multiple guys on each team that could make that catch. It's just New England, uh, you know, and Gunner is, uh, you know, is maybe not a guy that makes the majority of NFL receiving cores. Uh, you ain't wrong on that one. Uh, <laughs> and with that, let's get to it on today's Fantasy Five. Number five. All right, the subject today, players that were cooling on okay we're breaking out the extinguisher you know we're dumping a bucket of ice on them we're starting to stay away from because we're getting a little skittish we're getting a little scared uh and let's start with a guy that you know you kind of like just a couple of weeks ago thinking hey you know he's cheap uh probably gonna lead this team in touches uh maybe gonna bring in 50 55 receptions knowing how dire the situation is across the board uh but our perspective has changed on him that's david johnson yeah the once great fantasy stud that he was back with the Arizona Cardinals. Now I remember the Houston Texans and Brandon, he was clearly really the third fiddle uh, in the Houston pecking order in the first preseason game. And his comments afterwards kind of showed the hand too, saying, Hey, you know what? I'm dealing with the demotion. I'm working through it. Uh, When he was on the field, he was more or less a slot receiver. I mean, it's Philip Lindsay on early downs. And once Mark Ingram is on the field, because he didn't play in the first preseason game, I think it's going to be a one-two punch, or yeah, I don't know what you would call it—a punch, a light, <laughs> light tap of Lindsey and Mark Ingram. But uh, have you adjusted your ranks now to put David Johnson as the lowest of the three-headed ferret down there in H Town? Yeah, and let me tell you, that that goes pretty low when you're talking about this. Look, at, I was yeah. getting behind David Johnson because. Uh, I was thinking he would handle the passing down work and get a, a decent amount of carries. But it sounds like he's pretty much going to be like a third down back sort of only and sort of kind of 
just sort of glossing over the fact that this is a whole new coaching regime that, that owes nothing to David Johnson. They come in with their own fresh perspective. They had a history with Mark Ingram. They brought him in. They went out and got Philip Lindsay. Yeah, it's now like New England South, you know, of the worst kind of, you know, New England's of the last few years where it's like three guys and who even cares if it's Philip Lindsay as the main ball carrier because he's not getting a whole lot in the passing game. And, oh, by the way, this is a crappy team and how much are they going to run and how effective are they going to be running the ball anyways? I don't want any of these guys now. I talked myself into David Johnson. Now I've talked myself out of all of them. I'm all right with Phil Lindsay at his price point right now, ADP-wise. He's what, or, or running back 56, uh, 190.9. I mean, he's got quick acceleration. He's always been decent in terms of yards created. Uh, yeah, they got negative game scripts galore, but it's running back 56. I mean, that's Tariq Cohen, Damian Williams. I mean, we don't know when Tariq's yeah. going to be back. Gio Bernard territory. Why not? Why not? I, I think it's great value at 56. I'm just talking more like if he's pushing the top 40, I'm then I'm just out. Well, the but, moral of the uh, story here is just avoid David Johnson and Mark Ingram. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> the only guy worth entertaining at all is Philip Lindsay again at RB56, 190.9 overall. Number four. All right, marching on. Next on our list of players that we're cooling on uh, is who, Brandon? Certain running back for the Philadelphia Eagles, is it not? Yeah, has anybody dropped more in value than Miles Sanders? I think I had him at like 14 or 15 at running back to start the summer, and it's just gone down. Now he's at like RB25 for me because every time we turn around, someone's talking about the RBBC that's going to be happening in Philadelphia. Uh, on our Sirius XM show, we brought on a Philadelphia guy, talked about how Miles Sanders regressed uh, appreciably in the passing game last year. And, and and now I'm starting to just buy into the fact that they're not committed to him as a three down back. If he's going to be in a, in the mix with Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott, I don't want to be in the RB two investment on him. So I have him as my first RB outside the RB two range. He's always performed well, like yards or to contact per attempt. And he was top 15 in that category last year. Uh, decent in terms of the yards created numbers that are out there. Missed tackle percentages, you know, not too shabby either, but you're right, man. I mean, his death knell, his biggest weakness is catch the football consistently. He only caught what 53% of the passes thrown his general yeah. direction last year. So Terrible. you're right. I mean, Boston Scott is a major problem and, you know, Kenneth Gainwell will be, you know, smattered and, and inserted here and there, uh, but Scott's the guy. You know, you and I are apologists for Boston Scott, and I've been getting him everywhere, like with my second-to-last pick uh, and the Kings Classic auction draft that went down over the weekend in, in uh, Canton, Ohio. Got him for three bucks, you know, just a depth ad, and a guy that may catch 50, 55 balls this year. So, yeah, you know, Miles Sanders, you got to look at him as, you know, just an, an early down back and the other concern here is if Jalen Hurts, you know, really asserts himself as the starter, then you got a goal line gremlin. Sealed away yeah. potential touchdowns from him. I'm with you, man. I am down on Miles Sanders. Let's do a little prompt to game of head to head. Let's see how far down we really are. Miles Sanders or Kareem Hunt? Uh Kareem Hunt. I have Kareem Hunt. Miles Sanders or Daryl Henderson? Uh, I have just barely Daryl Henderson. I have Daryl Henderson two spots ahead. Uh, Miles Sanders or Michael Carter? Oh, you know, get Carter, baby. You know, I'm a Carter guy. I know you are a Carter guy. I kind of like Carter a little bit, but I'm still going with Sanders. I think mm. there's just a little bit more touchdown appeal. But Sanders? Yep. Uh, full surrender on him right now. Number three. All right, let's move on to another bigger name. 
that is back doing contact drills, Brandon. And a player that was uh, pulled off the pup list about a week ago, Alfred Morris, got cut by his employer. So the depth chart, uh, it's not like Alfred Morris is really doing much anyway, but maybe some people are getting warm and fuzzy again for who that we're still cool on. Is that Saquon? It is Saquon. Saquon's Barkley. The ambassador ambassador of Quan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> why why are you and I symbiotic on him right now? And again, a player that's consistently going in the at least the middle portion to the latter portion of round number one. Mike Clay, who was in the Kings Classic with me over the weekend. He not only took Saquon in the auction draft, he also took him in the snake. And Clay admitted openly to all of us in the room, he goes, guys, my entire fantasy year hinges on Saquon Barkley everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah, well, we had uh, Pat Leonard covers the Giants uh, on our Serious XM show. And and he went full George Clinton dropping a bomb on us with (laughs) – with the with the idea that he would not be shocked if Saquon Barkley didn't play at all in week one and was even slow played and limited in week two. And, you know, as we're talking getting into week three and week four before we even start to see a fuller version of Saquon Barkley, you can't take him at like number six or number seven overall if that's the case, because there's there's other guys vying for those positions. We need to know going in that you have a chance to hit the ground semi running in the early part of the season. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing for me is I'm trying to minimize risk early in my draft. That's it. That's all I want to do. I like I, I'm there in round one, and you're going to give me the choice of Aaron Jones or Saquon Barkley. I know exactly what I'm going to get with Aaron Jones. Yeah, starting week one, right? Yep. I know yep. exactly what I'm going to get. Maybe even with Antonio Gibson to a certain extent because of all the superlatives that are being thrown about. Uh, Kyle Allen saying that Rod Rivera wants to utilize him like Christian McCaffrey. Right, yeah. I'm like I would rather buy to that upside than the injury downside attached to Saquon Barkley, knowing that this organization and Joe Judge could coddle him early on. And in the year. and by the way, like the offensive line not getting rave reviews. So oh um, no, Daniel Jones uh, and practices have been getting murdered consistently, yeah. and they looked horrendous. They were like Jacksonville level bad in their first preseason game. So yeah, look, man. Uh, Saquon, obviously, is a jack-of-all-trades. Uh, you know, we made the argument for Najee Harris, even though if he, he has a bad offensive line, he could catch 70 balls. Saquon's capable of doing that. But the inherent difference here between Saquon and some of these other running backs that we mentioned in that tier is the fact that he is not guaranteed to get a full workload early on in the season. And I tell you what, Brandon, just like the name of this podcast, we want to start on the fast track. Number two. All right, let's move on to numero dos here and players that we're cooling off on. And you and I are going to the same county, Duval County, but we have different names. Uh, I'm picking DJ Shark, and you're going with LaVisca Chenault, but I think our reasoning is going to be similar. Yeah, right now, like Marvin Jones is kind of looking like the go-to guy. There's offensive line issues that, you know, like we said, Trevor Lawrence can't really blame him, but he ran vanilla schemes and it was still almost getting blown up in that preseason game. But LaVisca's also, he's the number three wide receiver. Um, and he's running in number three sets. He's not looking like he is going to take a significant step forward dramatically in his role from last season. And we kind of all have assumed that, but just kind of the context clues from the first preseason game. 
sort of showed that out. So right now, assuming Shark is healthy, at least he looks like he actually will get more of a higher snap count than LaVisca. But right now, I've kind of separated Marvin Jones from this from this the trio as being the guy to target in fantasy leagues. Yeah, Marvin Jones is interesting, but I, I think it's going to begin and end at how well the offensive line performs. Uh, because yeah. they were a turnstile in that first preseason game, and Trevor Lawrence had no time. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't. No. You know, one, two, three, throw. It was one. Oh my God! Holy shit! Throw. <laughs> 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 That's what it was. Yeah. Uh, and I so, think he knew it because he was. God, he was like, oh, it's almost like hot potato football. You get it? It's yeah. like, okay, get it out, get it out. You know. So. I mean, and that could, to a certain extent, benefit a guy like LaVisca Chenault. I think it's going to benefit maybe Travis Etienne more and yeah. the flat. And this is why I've been so bullish on his over on 44 and a half receptions for that player prop that's out there. And a guy that I think is going to have a, a fair amount of value, at least a, as a running back two in full PPR leagues, because he may catch 60, 65 balls this year. Uh, but, you know, you know, we'll see about Shark and if he's going to be available for the opener. Uh, but at right now at wide receiver 31, 109.2, I'm not willing to pay that price for him. Um, you know, Visca going a little bit lower at wide receiver 41, 27.8. Then you mentioned old Marvin Jones, a uh, guy that you have, you know, stumped for in the past. And he is going way down the list in terms of ADP by comparison, uh, to the other two guys so far down the list. I can't even – oh, there he is. Wide receiver 52. I was going to say I can't find him. And he just popped steal. up at 158. Steal at 52. Yeah. He's a steal. He is yeah. a steal. So, uh, again, bottom line here in Jacksonville, Fade Shark, Fade Visca, Marvin Jones is your friend. Number one. All right, staying in the Sunshine State, and it is a cloudy forecast right now down on South Beach, Brandon, because we may have a full-blown RBBC in store. I know you love this guy because of where he played college football, along with one of his teammates, but what are you doing with Miles Gaskin? Yeah, poor one out for Miles Gaskin. He was kind of angling in the Mike Davis camp of the, I can't believe he's still looking like the clear go-to guy in the backfield. But I do think that we're the reality is is there's there's talk of an RBBC and I could see them, you know, mixing liberally Miles Gaskin and Savon Ahmed. I know Malcolm Brown's there. I don't think he's going to be liberally part of that mix. Uh, he's no. in the Alfred Morris, Peyton Barber, um, Jordan that, Howard, Jordan Howard. Yeah. Like they're just <laughs> they're just Jags, Ham and Eggers, and that's uh you know, that's probably uh, you know calling him ham is probably too generous because ham's pretty good but um yeah it, canadian but bacon th- is that what he is then <laughs> but you know instead of like the 18 touch a game guy i think we're maybe looking at a guy who's more realistically like 14 touches per game and so um if that's the case i had to move him down a few spots on my rankings he's now uh just outside my rb2 range as well yeah, I, I have slid him outside of my RB2 range uh, to boot. Like, a guy like Trey Sermon, I'd probably take ahead of Miles Gaskin. You know, I think Trey Sermon could have a significant role uh, behind uh, a standout offensive line in a system that it's just going to, you know, brown and pound down your throat. And there's yeah. just too many uncertainties here. And I think Savan Ahmed could be the wild card in that Miami backfield. Looked really good, though. He was going up against a bunch of backups, I understand. But so was Gaskin. Um, and, and the Hammond Ager was out there. Uh, looking like he needed to be in an omelet 
and nine carries eight, eight yards, yards. Oh, oh it's so malcolm brown it really is i mean there's still upside here for 40 45 catches maybe a little bit more than that for gaskin but right now um you know the price tag rb 26 103.9 let's do this impromptu game ahead ahead who would you rather have miles gaskin or chase edmonds oh i'm still going gaskin yeah me too barely i just i, I maybe i'd loathe chase edmonds i don't know i, I think i'd loathe the people that love him uh, that's probably the best way to put it. Uh, what about Miles Gaskin or Melvin Gordon? I am still going Miles Gaskin, and Javante Williams looked good, and he's moving up my list. And Melvin Gordon's slipping ever so slightly down as I move Williams up. Yeah, I, I, I could probably be convinced of Gaskin, but man, it's close. Uh, last one, and I cannot believe this, and I know this is going to be a windmill slam dunk. Miles Gaskin or Mike Davis, and the only reason I bring up Mike Davis is he's going three spots in ADP behind him in drafts conducted over the last week. Yeah, that's insane. Mike Davis is a good bet for 300 touches. Uh, there has not been any talk of an RBBC there. It's it's what Quadri Olsen and and Cordero Patterson and maybe Javion Hawkins. Like those guys are not to me. Legit competition. So that's all Mike Davis for me here. Yeah, I mean, it's not even close. It's Mike Davis who's still getting slighted, and I do not understand why. That is a wrap on this edition of the Fantasy Fast Track Podcast. Please follow Funson on Twitter at Brandon Funson. Follow me there at Noisy Huevos. Drop us a rating and a review, would you kindly? And until next time, adios, amigos!